Hello and welcome to B2B Better. My name is Jason Bradwell, and on each episode, I talk about how companies can use marketing to navigate big moments of change. Whether this is gearing up for a new funding round, launching a new product, pivoting in response to market trends, or sitting on either side of an acquisition, I break down modern-day B2B marketing strategies into actionable advice with guests who've seen it all before. Let me help you be better than boring. Let's go. Today on B2B Better, I'm very excited to be joined by Sean Cole, co-founder and account director at Born Agency. How are you doing, Sean? I'm very good. How are you? How's things? They are very well. They're very good. Thank you. We are recording our last thing on a Friday, which is seemingly becoming a trend for me. All of my interviews <laughs> recently have been last thing on a Friday, but feeling relaxed and I'm really looking forward to digging into this case study with you. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's been a good week. I've been looking forward to doing this podcast, so thanks for asking. Tell me a little bit about you and what you do. Uh, myself, I'm Sean Cole, co-founder and uh, director of Born Agency with Ben Trafford, my business partner. Started out as a small agency. Myself and Ben have been together as a double act for quite a while now. Wanted to create our own agency. It's a small boutique uh, design agency now, full service. But um, yeah, we've built a really great, cool, creative team, small team, still growing. Never want to get too big. Mm. Yeah. And uh, congratulations are in order because you just welcomed someone new to the Born Agency team today. You were telling me just before we started recording mm. how, how attracting talent is something that is on the minds of pretty much every organization uh, around the world at the moment. It's very much an applicant's market. How has that process been for you and Born more generally over the last two, three years, finding new talent, retaining? Has it been a challenge? It has. It has, certainly. We were looking for a digital marketing person to join the team. We've now got Charlotte on board, but that that took quite a lot of trying to find that particular skill set. The, the newest member that's accepted the, the position today as a, a creative graphic designer was a little easy because we'd known known that person for a while. And so it was, it was an easier process this time around. But certainly, I know agencies you know, i've got friends with other that own other agencies and they're struggling to find the right talent to bring on board it is a bit of a challenge for everybody at the moment what do you think is from an applicant's point of view the most important thing like what's the driving force behind an applicant deciding i'm going to work with this agency versus another agency is it purely salary based is it a cultural thing but returning back to the office like what's helping move the needle in that regard you know, I think at the moment, lots of people have to be flexible. So businesses and agencies now have to be flexible. There's none of this. You've got to be in at nine o'clock in the morning and you've got to be here. At every, every, you've got to be here every day. I think that those days are gone. Mm-hmm. You've got to be flexible. Paying the right salary to attract the right level of designer or creative. And then it's about making the day enjoyable. It really is. We have... Uh, very strong ethics at Bourne. We work together. Nobody works for us. They work with us. All those kind of things, are, I think, are, you know, and it's, it's, it's flexible. It's, it's a two-way street. If you need a couple of hours, you need a couple of hours. In the long run, we'll get that back. But it's about being flexible, helping each other, looking after each other. That's, what, that's the way we like to deal with it, and we find it pays dividends. Absolutely. Talking about flexibility, talking about flexibility, that is a theme that we're going to be touching on with the case study you're about to dig into with us. Just to set some context, you were working with an organization called Ecofon who are based in Sweden that you've been working with for a few years who hosted an 
annual conference for their sales team in person. But then unfortunately, COVID struck, the pandemic struck, which rendered that particular conference unachievable. And you developed a great campaign along with your colleagues at Born Agency, which has, as you were telling me, um, exceeded their expectations. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love for you to give me a, a little bit of an overview of that case study. Oh, certainly, no problem at all. Yeah, we literally we've known them for a while. We certainly knew the MD for a while in a previous role, so we'd worked with him previously. He he became the MD, and yeah, one of his main challenges fairly quickly was the fact that the, the COVID the COVID pandemic hit. They normally have a, a UK based for the UK team, an island-based gathering, everybody face-to-face together. It's normally a sort of a large hotel, conference facilities where everybody comes together, the product team, the sales team, etc. talk about new products, sales targets, the normal sort of sales marketing development conference that you have. Fairly small team, there was around 62 to 65 that were going to attend. And of course, his problem was they could not do it. What are we going to do, Sean? How can we how can we look upon this as, as a time of change? How can we now still create the buzz, create the team morale, boost the team morale, and do what we, we want to do, doing presentations, etc. That was thrown on our desk. Bit of a head scratcher initially. But actually, James, our senior designer, came in one day. Uh, we'd been mulling it around for a couple of days and said we'd get back to the client within a week. And he came in and he said, what I'd like to do is this. And he set out a rough idea that then we elaborated on as the team, pulled everybody together in the team and started really planning it out and how we could achieve it. And what we did was create a sales conference in a box effective we created the the whole concept was around look we were all having a bad time everything's getting cancelled music festivals were being canned it it was a bit of a rough time for all of us wasn't it so we created this conference in a box but it was a music themed festival which fitted ecophon particularly well because they're all about sound and acoustics and so we pitched the idea to the client before we started any creative they immediately just loved the idea yeah it'll be fun it'll be energetic it's a breath of fresh air it's not too corporate it's actually not corporate at at all the way of doing it and um, yeah so we started doing some visual to what this thing may look like and also how we're going to engage in the staff who were all remote, somewhere in the office but very few it was a skeleton staff in the office everybody else was working from home so we we got sign off on a few initial concepts so we could then start emailing people, save the date, something's coming up, it's funny, it's exciting. Yes, it is a conference of sorts, but not anything you've been to before. So we were drip feeding emails. We thought it was very important to send some nice direct mail. We had, of course, they were staff, so we had all the home addresses. So direct mail went out with um, a lovely ticket a festival ticket, a bit like you would normally imagine a festival ticket to be. That went out. And then we drip-fed emails saying that there was going to be a package delivered because we knew the date of the conference. We got a database of, like I say, around 60-ish addresses, somewhere in Ireland, spread from the hills of Scotland right down to the south coast. So we were making sure people were going to be, I think we were starting to be in lockdown. So yeah, they were in. (laughs) And um, yeah, we were letting them know a package would arrive. Keep a lookout for it. 
And so this box was designed, which actually, as you lifted the lid, there's a small LED screen in the lid box, uh, box lid, which automatically played a really cool animation video that we'd created. It was tailored personally to every single person. So yours would be, hi, Jason, join the Echo, the eFest. And um, in, it, in the box also was a, a festival T-shirt, a lanyard, a wristband that you normally get, a power bank for your phone, and lots of goodies in this box that effective was it was set, set you up for the day. Uh, a water bottle so you could keep hydrated. All those kind of cool little things that you relate to a music festival. Even on the back of the shirt, all the new product names, we designed the fonts to look like band names. So Def Leppard, Led Zeppelin, all those kind of cool fonts. And on the lanyard was a little leaflet. And as you opened it, it was the festival site with the main stage, the acoustics, acoustic stage, country stage, uh, uh, rock stage. And basically with QR codes, we pointed the people and the staff to particular stages at particular times to watch particular presentations. And of course, as they scanned the QR code, we knew live whether they were attending, who was attending which stage at which presentation. Lots of pre-recorded pieces to camera and everybody just really joined in the fun, uh, got the whole concept, really took it on board and had a fantastic day. And then there was little hidden other little surprises. In the evening, food and drink was delivered to the door for each individual person, but also their families. Wow. Because in the evening, we'd created a music theme that the managing director and the other directors got involved in asking the questions, and then the families got involved. So it was a great day for the team members. And then in the evening, we they were fed and watered, and they had a bit of fun with the pub quiz. The feedback we got was quite incredible. Everybody really enjoyed the event. Everybody uh, participated and everybody uh, gave amazing feedback. And then two or three days later, there was a little bit more, a few more elements landed with them because then we were running competitions for the sales force. So if you hit your targets in this quarter, you can have free uh, Spotify uh, on your phone and the company will pay for it, etc. The feedback we got that sales targets are being smashed. They are actually struggling to keep up with product supply. Yeah. They put the products going out the uh, factory quicker than they would perhaps normally like. And yeah, just an amazing feedback from client. And actually they've held it now and they use this piece to educate the rest of the business. This is how you create interest through marketing and conference. So I do believe that certainly we've been given another very large campaign for them that we carried out just before Christmas. And we've just been another very large campaign for them where we are now handling all their marketing moving forwards and design this year, actually. Yeah. We'll be launching a new product every two months. That's Sorry, a, a current product and the odd new one mixed in. So yeah, that's, it was just, a, a great, nice way of changing a very bad negative into a really good positive, actually. Yeah, yeah. What I love about this story is how far Echophon leaned into the concept because it would have been very easy 
to say it's the pandemic, we can't travel, so we're just going to do what we would do anyway via a Zoom call. And you all yeah. just have to sit there from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. so we can convey this information to you. Mm. And by the end of it, you're going to be ripping your hair out because who wants to sit in front of a screen for eight hours listening to a Zoom call about this kind of stuff? <laughs> Equally, it would have been easy for them to say, Sean, we like the concept. We, we'll just send over the T-shirts. So we'll send over the water yeah. bottles and that will be yeah. the end of it. And yeah. they got a nice little bit of swag. Still, it's going to be an mm. eight-hour Zoom call. Mm. It seems to me that, you know, Ekavon really leaned into the concept. They did the swag. They invested in conveying the information in a fun, intuitive way. They got families involved, which at the time, humanity was just such an important yes, aspect absolutely. in our lives. We're craving this kind of attention and we're all meeting each other's families. Like I'm bringing my daughter onto Zoom calls with me, yeah. got dogs yeah. barking in the background. You know, it's becoming like <laughs> yeah. an extended part of everyone's life is just being welcomed into the, into their homes. So uh, yeah, I really love how much they, they leaned into this concept. And I think it says a lot about the organization and, and their willingness to experiment. Yeah, I, th I actually think, and I, I said this to, to the managing director, I said, I think you were very brave. It was slightly out there. Um, we'd not done a project like this before, and we were very honest and said that to them. And they were like, look, this is a learning curve for all of us. We'll do this together. We'll learn together. Mm. And actually, I think being so open-minded about it and, and showing the staff, they said, we want staffed. We want to keep morale, staff morale up. We're all struggling. That was one. He said, if you come back to us and present the fact that we're going to do this all, all across Teams or Zoom for the day, I won't be happy. Mm. Please come back with something a little bit different. And you can push the boat out. You can come back with something a little bit unusual because we need it. And yeah, I, I think they were very brave to take the idea on and run with it. And yeah, and the feedback now, staff up until, you know, quite recently was still talking and he did say that now they are starting to return back to to the office they are actually coming in some of them with the t-shirts on <laughs> and so yeah i think it's i think it was brave i think it was good to be experimental at that particular time we all needed it and yeah i think it paid off we got an amazing piece for our portfolio and we all enjoyed thoroughly working on the project and they've been very well praised from from head office yeah. Can you talk me through a little bit about the process that led to the kind of conception of the idea? You mentioned, I think you said James, one of your one of your team yeah. came up with the initial idea. I'm just keen to know how did it go from a kernel into a tree? And if you want to talk a little bit more generally about the creative process mm. from Born Agency and how you come yeah. up with these ideas, I think that would be very, very interesting to the listeners of B2B Better. Certainly. Yeah, James, James is a, a big music festival fan. Uh, and I think he was almost <laughs> looking for an excuse to try and wedge this idea in somewhere. But certainly more generally, we always have a rule at board when we do sit down team meetings to create ideas and concepts. No idea is ever a bad idea. Somebody may say something that is not the best idea, but, oh, oh you've said that. It's sparked off this in my head. How about we can go this direction and this route? So no idea is ever a bad idea. Everybody's encouraged to throw ideas into the hat, good or bad. Uh, but certainly, the I think certainly when we were asked to come up with something different, come up with something fun, I think James in his head immediately related to fun that he's had, had these festivals he goes to quite regularly and just was like, right, okay, how can I have that much fun in this particular situation? How And then 
we thought through the technical way of doing it. Yeah, okay, fantastic idea. How on earth are we going to apply this without putting them on Zoom or Teams, which they really did not want to do? QR codes were really at the top, a bit of a, they'd, they'd appeared and then they dwindled. And I think the QR code came back into full strength and as an idea and a concept because of COVID, it almost saved the QR code. So we jumped onto that sort of idea of, oh, we can drive traffic to particular places using QR. Everybody had a, a company phone or it certainly were asked if, if they didn't have a company phone, were asked if they wouldn't mind using their personal one. And um, yeah, it, 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 that was its idea. How technically can we do it? Figure that out. And then the rest of it, applying the, the graphical and the, the making it look inspirational is quite an easier process. It's idea and then figuring out the mechanics is, is yeah. the crux of it, really. Idea, feasibility, creative. That's Correct, three, yeah. yeah. That's three, it. Yeah. Like a three-step process. Yeah, um, don't run off with the creative because you've got to be able to apply it. You know, it's that feasibility. Is this actually achievable before you start the creative? Yeah. And I think that's a trap that particularly early stage B2B organizations who are developing a marketing function from, from scratch need to be careful not to fall into. You have a really great creative idea yeah. and you just want to run with it and mm. you get excited and you don't really think, practically speaking, how are we actually going to deliver this? Do we have the resources, the expertise capabilities we need to deliver it in the way that we, we have in our mind? Was there a was there a particularly challenging part in terms of deploying this campaign for Echofon? What was, was there wasn't particularly a challenging part of finding suppliers in that particular situation where a lot of factories and manufacturing plants were closing because of COVID. Finding people to produce what we needed to produce was a slight challenge. Certainly the video screens in the boxes, these were bespoke boxes made to a particular size, fully graphically wrapped inside and out with a video screen in, a little LED screen of high quality actually, that opens and it plays automatically. Finding that technology, and we did find it in the UK, finding that technology wasn't easy. And then of course, working to a budget. So. That was a flexible process with clients. We will, look, Jonathan, we haven't done this before. We will estimate rather than give fixed prices because we can give you a fixed price further down the line. But at the moment, if you want us to run with this idea, just trust us, yeah. which they did. And then we were able to get fixed prices when we'd sort of designed the box and we knew what size it was because we knew what we were putting in it. Then we could get the box costs. They weren't the cheapest things, but they were very much well worth it because they had the massive impact and that's what we needed. Even when we, when the box lid opened and the video started to play, there was also a little element at the front of the box where the crowd's arms popped up. Mm -hmm. So it looked like you were slightly back from the stage and these silhouetted arms are in the air. So all those little bits that some, may, some people may think were unnecessary. Why would you do, spend the money on doing that? But when that box is opened, uh, of that person that sat at home is in not feeling best because everybody didn't feel great at that time. That was just, I think that was part of it. They were like, Echofon have really put some effort into this for us. Hmm. They've not just gone the cheap, the easy cheap route and stuck us on teams. They've put the effort in and it made the staff feel great, I believe. 
looking back, is there anything you would have done differently over the course of this campaign? Um, I would say they would potentially maybe have sent the box out one day earlier mm-hmm. purely for the fact that couriers, overnight couriers, just got ridiculously busy with everybody ordering on the internet. Mm. So there were no hiccups, but possibly for my nerves, I would like to have sent the boxes out 24 hours earlier. We allowed 48 hours buffer, but perhaps I would have allowed another 24 hours. We had one box land the day before. Everybody got theirs, bar one box seemed to go missing, but it arrived the day before the event rather than two days before. I was prepared. I had a spare box and I was, I do believe around that time, I, we were allowed to go in. I can't remember, but, but I had somebody on standby to drive to London with a box. That's how dedicated you were. We had a door-to-door courier who was on standby with a spare box in his van. But luckily, it wasn't needed. That's good to hear. And that sits in uh, the office now, I take it, the box is a memento to a wonderful campaign. absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit that the success of this particular campaign has led on to bigger and greater things and with Echofon. And this was obviously an internal campaign for Echofon's sales team. That's it. I'm curious to hear your thoughts as to whether you think a similar approach could and should be used externally with clients to deliver a kind of custom, unique, off-the-wall experience as a means to grow awareness, capture attention, and and build brand affinity. Do you think a similar kind of concept to this could work externally? I can say hand on heart it does because the second campaign was for Echophon, was, look, this went so well internally, we'd like to turn this client-focusing. So they deal with large distribution houses and large contract fitting fitting companies. A particular product, so it was based on a particular product, which is called, we created a box for that particular product. And in that box was a number of items, including a personalized animated animation screen again. And that went out to uh, uh, major distribution houses and contractors, etc., and again, has gone down very well. They tested it with two area sales managers who were given, I do believe, five or six boxes each, who took them into one of the, or some of their key client bases. And yeah, they said that the, the box was emptied with great eagerness. And there was quite a technical information in there, as well as giveaways and goodies. But they said that they went down tremendously well. And actually, so they've extended it now. So there is in their storage unit, a few hundred boxes ready to be dispatched. And they're going to be drip fed out over the next couple of months to to everybody on their data. Wow. We live in a world now where seemingly you can get in front of anybody anytime online. And it's sometimes easy to forget that a well-placed and well-executed physical direct mail campaign that goes beyond just simply offering like a pan or a lanyard or something boring like that. A really clear investment and time and energy has gone into the craft of creating it can work wonders in terms of building up brand affinity. You think about these clients that have been sent these boxes from Echofon, you know, whilst they may not be ready to buy from Echofon today, perhaps they're never going to forget the amazing 
box that arrived yeah. on their front door that was mm -hmm. made custom for that delivered them an experience. And yeah. I think that's the lesson to take away from this is how can you as a B2B brand create a memorable experience for your prospective customers that is going to keep you top of mind even if they're not ready to buy today, they're ready to buy yeah. next year or when they move to another company or suddenly they get promoted into a decision maker position. How do you develop something memorable? Absolutely. And it's amazing how many people contact us and go, what is the, the latest thing? What can we do to stand? We, we have our own little box as born agency and in that are our very nice, high quality, not a lot, but high quality product that has been branded. It's it's a lovely packet of very well-ground uh, roasted coffee. There's all little, very small pieces of information in about Bourne, but it's more about just being memorable. It's a beautiful black box with foiling on the lid and everything in it is, is perfectly designed and produced. And it, it's just dropped in. And it, it's not about winning a meeting immediately at all it's purely there so it's it's memorable and it stays on the desk or an item out of it stays on the desk so when somebody is thinking of creative design work and marketing they go oh yeah that remember that box that came from born agency and it's that and we do get calls months after two three four five six months after going can you come in for a coffee of course we can not a problem and actually that they, those boxes aren't cheap to produce, but they do get results and they are memorable. Mm -hmm. We might ring six weeks after and go, I just checking you got your box. Did Oh yeah, fantastic. We actually had somebody who contacted us just before Christmas who got a box in between the two lockdowns. I forget when that was. And he said, hope you don't mind me asking, Sean, but the coffee was so nice. Where did you get it from? Mm. We gave him the, the, the company details and, and I know we ordered some. And yeah, we're still talking to him now. We haven't worked with him yet, but the relationship started mm -hmm. and uh, the conversation started and it, that's just a lovely thing. It's um, it's really interesting because I think there's been such a incentive and pressure placed on, on B2B marketing teams to go out there and acquire leads and build lists and get them into the hands of the sales team at scale so they can just do a bunch of cold outreach in the hopes that there is a semi-acceptable conversion rate. And arguably, if you are working in a, you know, enterprise B2B setting where your your target market is relatively small compared to something like a everyday SaaS product, your time and attention shouldn't be spent if you have to choose, your time and you know attention would be better spent on identifying those key target accounts and delivering those expensive yet memorable experiences yeah. versus you know, just pumping a load of money into LinkedIn ads that yeah. are going to just be scrolled over in a microsecond and, and ultimately leave no, yes. no impression. Yeah, and I also think that you've said it there yourself, Jason, it's the experience, not just something that is particularly nice and is handed over but it's the the way it's delivered the way you have to open it to get into the package whatever that might be and it's all about the layers isn't it it's if you go to a boutique very nice uh, jewelers everything is is wrapped in tissue with a little sticky dot with a brand on it you're given a very nice bag and you're presented it rather than just handed over it's like an experience so you're going through a process of, of handing something to somebody and i think that whole that whole process has to be well thought through 
Yeah. You don't want to do something amazing that just either lands and it's damaged or it's dirty or think it through. Make sure whatever you've decided to do gets there in the perfect condition at the perfect time. Yeah. And um, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Sean, what do you think is going to be the biggest change in how companies, B2B companies market themselves over the next five years? I personally think that it will be with any marketing there. It has to be across all media. It has to be everybody went digital over this horrible COVID period of time. We're seeing a strong return to quality direct mail. And I think moving forwards, it will be a hybrid mixture of print, face-to-face, and, and digital. It's always worked for us. And I think that moving forwards is going to be that the people that plan it properly and achieve it properly, rather than aiming at 2,000 people at a time, aim at 30, 40, 50, but do it really, really well and mm. do it personalised. I think the personalisation angle makes people feel special. And um, yeah, I think that's, you, you can tell if somebody's put the effort into something rather than mass mail shop. Yeah. That's a great takeaway to end on, Sean. Thank you so much for coming on to on to B2B Better today and, and sharing this story with us. Two, one question I like to ask every guest is who I should interview next on B2B Better. Yes. Do you have any recommendations? I would have said Charlie Wyman, but I would recommend Paul Kirby. Okay. So Paul Kirby is um, he's somebody we collaborate with an awful lot, and he's a PR guy but a PR guy who's a bit different, mm. hence us using him. And yeah, that would be my recommendation. I'd love an introduction to Paul. Uh, I'll do if, that if for you. you. Facilitate. Thank you so <laughs> much. A pleasure. And for those who are listening who want to learn a little bit more about you and Born Agency and all the great work that you're doing, where can they find They can find us at bornagency.co.uk. Fantastic. I'll drop a link to your website in the description of this episode. Uh, I'll also drop a link to your LinkedIn profile in the description of this episode. But otherwise, Sean, thank you so much for coming on to B2B Better. That's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for asking. And that's it for this episode of B2B Better. If you enjoyed the interview, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast, leave a rating, a comment, a review, or just share it on social media. It'll really make my day. Every Monday morning, I send out a newsletter to B2B marketers all around the world on how to do better B2B marketing. You can sign up to that via the link that I'm going to leave in the description of this episode. Or if you need a fix of B2B marketing content goodness right now, you can head over to my website at www.jasonrbradwell.com. See you next week.